He who saves one life saves the world entire. And the most important life to save is your own. After all, it's the place where you have the most power. So join shadow worker and trauma therapist Laura Giles each week on It's Not You, It's Me. We'll uncover what's in shadow and learn the things you need so you can heal yourself, grow yourself, know yourself, love yourself, be yourself, and share yourself. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, it's time to drop the self-sabotage and limiting beliefs. A healthy, abundant, connected life is an option. Choose it. Subscribe. And let's start manifesting it. A lot of my coaching clients come to me wanting answers. They want to know what is right and wrong. They like having me available to help them figure it out. While that's cool, it's so much more useful if everyone can do that for themselves. By the end of this podcast, I hope that you will have the necessary nuggets to help you begin to do that for yourself. Cool? Let's start by thinking of writing wrong as duality. They're opposite ends of the spectrum. Isn't it funny how the concept of duality is present in so many cultures throughout time? At least 3,500 years ago, the Chinese wrote about it in the Book of Changes. It's one of the foundations of Taoism and Confucianism. It's also a foundation of Native American spirituality and animism. This idea is found in Hinduism as well. The union of the male and female is found in one of the deities who is the deity Shiva and Pavarti in a fused form. And their union is known to be the origin of the universe. Hinduism also has this union of masculine and feminine in the yoni and lingam. They symbolize the male and female union and signify the totality of the cosmos. So this yin and yang are always attracted to each other. The idea probably comes from observing nature. And this is fundamental to understanding how the sacred wheel and life works. So if you didn't come with an instruction booklet on how to human and need one, stay tuned. There are many, well, I was going to say secrets, but they're not really secrets, just things we overlook in the sacred wheel that, if they were known, can guide you through life. Using just one of these ideas can streamline your life tremendously, and understanding duality is one of them. But let me pause to give thanks to everyone who is here today with me. You are the reason I'm here. I see so much needless suffering in the world that can be alleviated if we just had some guidance, a few more tools, and other people to share the journey with. And that's why I'm here. So thank you for being along with me. Each one teach one. And if you can share what you learn or share your own ideas in the comments, that helps a ton. Reviewing the podcast also helps the podcast to be discovered by others. So if you haven't done that and would like to, you can do that at letitgonow.net where there is a review button. Or if it's easier, you can do it wherever you listen to the podcast. Thank you. Alrighty, duality. We all know what it is. If you are Western, we all grew up with it. It's in every facet of our life. It's called the battle between good and evil or God and the devil. And if we're going to be effective, we have to remove the antagonistic nature of duality. The judgment is what creates pain and division. So instead of thinking of it as a battle, I invite you to think of it as balance. 
as it is in the Tao. It's a yin and yang are not opponents. They're partners that create balance and one cannot defeat the other. To be in battle with one is to fight with yourself. I hope to make that clear by the end of the podcast because I think it will help to create a lot of peace. I talked about this in the first podcast of the year, what happens after letting go. So I'll try not to repeat what I said there. But so that everyone is starting on the same page, I'll just say that the yin and yang symbol or Taiji is that Chinese circle that's half black and half white that has a swirl in the middle and, and dots of the opposite color on each side. And this symbol represents wholeness. The swirl in the middle shows us that the line between yin and yang is not absolute. And the dots indicate that nowhere in the circle is it ever all light or all dark. Perhaps an easier way to conceptualize this is just to look at the seasons. The winter solstice is the longest night of the year. It's the night of most yin and when yang begins to grow again as the days get longer. The summer solstice is the longest day of the year. This is when the yin strength begins to grow and maximizes at the winter solstice. If you understand that, you can grasp how energy balances itself. And we see this throughout life and throughout nature. It is a pattern that repeats in the seasons. It repeats throughout the lifespan. We're born weak and helpless, grow to maximum strength, and then begin to decline again, and we die. Our bodies decompose and are used to return our nutrients to the soil, where they're used by other organisms and life renews. The sun comes up and goes down. The moon goes up and comes down. The tide goes in and goes out. It's all a balance of yin and yang. There's nothing antagonistic about it. It's just the way nature flows. And when we fight against the natural order, that's when suffering happens. I mean, how many of us act as if aging is not happening or that death is not coming for us all? (laughs) We ignore it and avoid it. It's the same with sadness, grief, or anger. We judge these things as bad, so we push them away, pretend that we don't have these feelings or that we have never done anything hurtful or wrong. It's an accepting life as it is that we gain incredible freedom and power. We're never gonna have mastery over nature, so we have to learn to work within her rules. Everything has a masculine, which is yang, or feminine, which is the yin, nature. Everything's always both, but one dominates. When we know what that nature is, that energy, we can balance it. For example, have you ever noticed that Chinese food comes in a variety of flavors? Sweet and sour pork is one. Chejuan is hot. There are bitter foods and salty foods, and this is to create balance in the body using food. Yang foods are spicy and sweet. Yin foods are salty or bitter. If your acupuncturist uses an Eastern style approach, she not only uses needles, but herbs, food, and breathing or exercises to help you rebalance your body and bring it back to a state of health. In our bodies, yin and yang cycle so that yang is strongest during the day. And this makes sense because yang is masculine and active, so we have energy to get through the day. Yin is strongest at night. This also makes sense because yin is feminine and passive, so we can sleep rejuvenate and detoxify best during this time. Now, I know someone out there is gonna say that they're a night owl and this doesn't work for them. To that, I say that your body is out of balance. (laughs) I know that many people don't really wake up until around two in the afternoon and they don't get tired till the middle of the night. This isn't because you're different. 
Biological creatures all have their own nature. An animal whose peers hunt at dawn and twilight are going to find most of the food then. So anyone who's out of balance and hunts during midday and midnight is probably going to perish because the things that he eats have a natural cycle too. As humans, we can get away with this. We have artificial light. We don't have to hunt. Our food is mass produced. But it doesn't make it the most healthy. In fact, many studies have found that people who work the graveyard shift have a lot more health problems than those who follow the natural cycle of their bodies. All this is about balance, knowing nature, and following nature. So you see, calling one side evil and doing battle with it doesn't really make sense. It's more useful to think in terms of what creates balance or what is the right thing at the right time and the right amount. All things are useful in some context. Some key things to know is that yin and yang are constantly moving. You can look at the sun and know that this is true. I love this time of year because I wake up when it's still dark. I go outside and take care of my animals. And by the time I get finished, the sun is up. I get to enjoy brilliant stars overhead and see the amazing colors of the dawn as the sun breaks through the night sky without waking up too early. And all this happens in like the space of an hour. It's crazy. But... This pocket of time only lasts for a short time. The sun rises earlier and earlier each day. The view and the light are different each day. And each day has new wonders to enjoy. The animals awaken at certain times. So there are days when I go on my morning walk and hear birds calling to each other in the trees. And some days when the frogs and crickets battle to see who could make the most noise. But it changes every day. Miss a day and it could be gone for the season. To me, that makes every day precious. This moment, whether desirable or not, will be gone soon. Nothing ill can stay, but nothing horrible will stay either. Another key thing to know about yin and yang is that neither is superior to the other. I know that the Judeo-Christian way is to fight the devil because he's evil, but we need darkness. There can be no light without darkness. And where there is light, there's always shadow. I know that's a hard thing to wrap your head around if you grew up with an antagonistic duality perspective. But fighting things that we consider bad with laws, control, or eradication causes them to grow. As yin expands, yang contracts and causes imbalance, chaos, confusion, or disaster. I know that a lot of people are all for social justice, for example. But the ways in which we go about creating that only causes pushback. Nobody wants to be told what they must do. It either comes from a change of heart or it doesn't really come at all. We can't legislate, punish, or shame our way into a more loving, peaceful society. We do that through love, acceptance, and forgiveness. When we practice forgiveness, the energy of a thing releases. When we go for revenge, cry, withhold love, embrace the bad that was done to us, or hang on to the hurt, we perpetuate that energy. When we take from people who have and give it to people who don't have because they don't know how to get what they need, we create imbalance. When everyone learns how to acquire what they need and have equal opportunity to access it, that's healthy balance. Do you see the difference? When we remove the fight, things find a way to balance themselves in a healthy way. When we compel, restrict, and control, there's tension and discord that can also lead to balance, but we have to light that powder cake first, you know? So which is more effective? 
So what I'm saying is each needs to be honored. Both are powerful and equally necessary. Being one-sided is unbalanced. Compelling someone to do or think in a certain way isn't helpful because we all have to find our own beliefs and balance ourselves. Another key idea of yin and yang is that they are one. I know we talk about them like they're separate, but part of the Taiji symbol is the circle, and the circle is everything. It's now, later, the past, masculine, feminine, day, night, everything. We can't talk about one without the other. It's complete. So any path that leads to getting rid of your shadow, eradicating negativity, or doing battle with the devil might not be the best way to go because excess yin leads to yang and excess yang leads to lin, and that's another key. If we go back to the winter and summer solstices, you can see that play out every season. Or if we look at the pendulum, we see it. The pendulum can only go so far right before it goes left again. The day can only get so long before it starts to shorten again. This is part of the vital process, not an imbalance. Any imbalance occurs when this happens from a force of will. So pressing for more or less of anything will only go so far before it causes the opposite of what you want. It's not a great use of your time or energy. Nature always wins. It's better to work with her than against her. For example, if you look at any area of the earth, you will see that what it is now isn't what it was in ancient times. So mountaintops were once the bottom of the sea. Deserts were once fertile. Nature is always in a place of change and balance and extremes lead to opposite extremes. This observation is probably how the Buddhists came up with the middle path. I've talked about this too, but I call it living in the hub of the wheel where it's calm and quiet rather than on the rim where it's all extreme ups and downs. Another key is that yin and yang are relative, not absolute. Some yin qualities are cold, dark, wet, and feminine. Some yang qualities are hot, light, dry, and masculine. But where's the line between hot and cold? I'm from up north, and I remember when I was a little kid, one of my friends had her pool in the backyard, and it was 70 degrees. I thought it was warm and wanted to swim, and her mom was like, it's only 70 degrees. <laughs> and when I lived in Virginia Beach, there would be people from Canada swimming in the Atlantic where the air temperature was 70s. And I thought they were insane. So 70s in Ohio in the spring is balmy and okay for swimming. To someone who lives in Virginia, it's insanely cold. To someone who lives in Canada, it's inviting. And this is what I mean. Everything is contextual. So to have absolute rules probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I see this guy on social media who gives out dating advice. Most of it's pretty generic. Some of it sounds sweet, but it isn't really good for long-term success of relationships. For example, he posted something like the Ten Commandments of Dating. And one of them said something like, if she's in a bad mood, just listen. That's cool. That's good advice. But if you took that as an absolute and did nothing else, I foresee a couple of things happening. One is that you're going to feel like a doormat after a while. And two, she isn't going to feel, well, she will feel hurt at first, um, but very alone and unheard after a while if that's all that you're doing is just listening and not following up with some action. And third, if you don't participate in the creation of the relationship, you're both going to feel alone in it. A relationship is an interactive, always changing thing. And if you're a bystander, 
are one who only plays a passive, supportive role, it's going to feel unfulfilling to both of you because of that lack of balance in the yin and yang. For everything, there's a season. There's a time to listen and a time to speak, a time to sit back and a time to act. Rules are absolute. Yin and yang are not. And if you live by rules, you'll find times when the rules don't work and you won't know what to do. So I, I suggest that you learn to see through these relative eyes. I've already implied this, but let me say it directly. The next key is that yin and yang are in everything. And this freaks some people out because it thinks it means that they're evil. Um, and they find this an intolerable belief if they've worked to be good people and they really haven't done anything worse than getting a speeding ticket or called somebody a bad name. And if this is you, you can relax. This doesn't make me a man or a serial killer or an abusive person. It just means that the potential is always there. You have to add thought, intention, and action to bring it to life. I actually find this an encouraging thought because it also means that I have the potential to be a genius, a millionaire, a mother, a lover, a baker, a writer, a venture, or a monk. We're not bound by what we are now or bound by our past. So let's say that I used to be a road rager, a rapist, and someone who didn't return our library books. I don't have to continue along that path. The energy is within to balance and experience another side of life. I'm everything and everything is me. This is also cool because it allows me to have compassion for those who are different. Instead of judging them, I can see them as another aspect of me, a road that I didn't travel and learn from them um, by their experiences so I don't have to live it and grow from it. This is why we have books and watch movies. How many of us have been so moved by a book or a movie that it changed the trajectory of our lives in some way? Maybe we read a story of an abused woman who got away and it gave us the courage to break out. Or maybe it was a story of a poor person who worked their way into prosperity. Or maybe it was a dutiful plotting person who sacrificed to give his children a better future. We're all mirrors for each other. Share yourself. You never know what an inspiration you can be to someone else. I think it's easier to talk about right or wrong once we take the judgment and morals out of it. Talking about it in terms of yin and yang does that. I suggest that as you move forward, you do the same because perspective and context matters a lot. Rules don't always work. And once we bend the rules for one person in one situation, then the rules don't have any meaning anymore. Doing the effective thing when we hit an obstacle is more useful than thinking about challenges as right and wrong. And walking in balance is a way to avoid having a lot of obstacles. So let's talk about how to create balance using yin and yang. Lots of people are now familiar with feng shui. This is the Chinese discipline of harmonizing the energy of a space with color, water, wood, metal, mirrors, and things like that. So feng shui looks at where a home, office, or land is situated to try to make the most um, favorable energy for an intended use. So one space might be great for making money, but horrible for peace and harmony. And changes can often be easily made by changing the position of a bed or furniture, painting the walls a new color, adding plants, a water feature, or painting the door a different color. Feng Shui also uses the idea of reducing clutter to rebalance a space and the minds of the people within the space. The clutter disrupts the flow of energy. Energy just wants to move. When it can't, because there's too much stuff, 
things start to stagnate. And stagnation is not what anyone wants. When you live in a tidy space where everything has a place and everything is in its place, happiness, money, relationships, health, and all aspects of life improve. When you walk into an Asian restaurant or nail salon, you often see a goldfish aquarium or red frog with a coin in its mouth near the front door. This brings in prosperity. It can get really complicated because each direction and corner of a building has a different energetic energy. So knowing your feng shui can make your life more harmonious. I talked about balancing the body with food and there's different flavors associated with different organs and energies. All foods have a yin or yang quality. So eating too many yin foods can be balanced by eating more yang foods and vice versa. The energy outside changes with the seasons and eating seasonally is also a way to stay in balance. There's a lot to this and I touched on it and what happens after the letting go podcast, but it probably deserves a podcast all of its own. Another thing to consider that many people overlook because it's counterintuitive is that you can create balance by leaning into the thing that's scaring you. Typically, we want to move away from danger because it's scary, right? That's often the best thing to do. If I know there's a nasty dog on Broad Street, I can avoid it by going down Main Street or at least moving away from it by crossing the street. But sometimes the best strategy is to lean into it. Remember that I told you that excess yin uh, leads to yang and excess yang leads to yin. Well, if I have post-traumatic stress disorder, a trigger can make me emotionally aroused and tolerating a trigger can overwhelm me and re-traumatize me. But if I endure the trigger with a relaxed body, the trigger dissolves. It spends all its energy and leaves my body. And some people think that grief is something that'll never leave us, but I have counseled many people with complex grief who were able to let go of their sadness by moving into it. Tolerating it with a relaxed body? You know, it's that tightness and withholding that's keeping the energy trapped and alive. And when we allow it to reach its maximum peak without resistance, it has no choice but to release because that's what energy does. One of my favorite ways to balance yin and yang is through moon circles. Moon circles are ancient gatherings that have taken place in many cultures throughout time where women honor their menstrual cycle and commune with other women. Today, they've become places for all people to tap into the energy of the moon. And the moon is feminine, but the new moon is the most feminine face and the full moon, when people get manic, is the most masculine or active face. That makes sense, right? So a new moon circle is a time to tap into the dark, quiet, feminine parts of yourself as you contemplate new beginnings, while the full moon can be a time to let things go, harvest what you've sown, and be social. You can make the moon a time for you to check in and sync back up with nature, as within, so without. So the more you tune in with nature, the more you tune in with yourself. Most of us in the West have an overly young lifestyle. Our whole society is built upon go, 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 achieving and distraction. So we're all overstimulated. So meditation practice can bring more calm, peace, and yin into our lives. I talk to a lot of people who say they can't meditate, but there's more ways to meditate than just sitting and breathing. You can do chanting meditations, walking meditation, or moving meditations like yoga, tai chi, and qigong, or guided meditations. They aren't true meditations, but they'll get you the uh, space of calm and peace. And it doesn't have to be for a long time. It's more important to do it regularly than long. And that said, more is more. 
And this is a quick tip that most of us can do to get more yang in the day and give you energy for the day. And all you have to do is go outside in the morning and get some sunshine. Sunshine and fresh air are very yang and indoor lifestyles are yin, so helps create balance. Another tip is to stop rushing around. Move slowly and purposefully in a yin way to counteract the rush, rush, rush active energy of a workday. This is especially important if you have a high-stress job. At the end of the day, it also helps to have a sleep routine. You can turn the lights down, journal, read, take a warm bath, or do something slow and comfortable so your mental energy winds down and you transition into sleep peacefully. Night is yin time. It's time for your yang to replenish, and if you aren't sleeping deeply, you aren't recharging well. If you want to be a master of your life and use your power to have the kind of life that you dream of, you've got to work with nature. Working against nature isn't efficient. Understanding the nature of yin and yang is a really simple way to optimize your health, relationships, and spirituality. Knowing this can help you use the rest of the sacred wheel because it's all connected. If you can do this, you won't have to agonize over what's right and wrong. You'll have an instinctive sense of it because you're not distracted by extremes. Your yin and yang are balanced. If you're still stuck on right and wrong, I invite you to experience it for a week and see how things change. I have a client who uh, is very rigid and by lives by the rules, and he tried it, and he still thinks he's right, but his life is so much more harmonious that he's not going back. I think you'll find the same. Our ancient ancestors knew this and embraced it for thousands of years. Lots of modern people are reclaiming this wisdom, so I hope that it works for you too. Thanks for being here. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave me a review. I'm Laura Giles. See you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help the podcast thrive, please share it with others. Post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from Laura Giles, you can follow her on all her socials at Laura Giles 804. See you next time.